0: This is the Frey podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm just sitting down and having a bit of a general chat with you. I do have some journaling prompts to share that may be useful for reflecting on the year that was 2021. We are just about at the finish line, just about there. We've just had Christmas and the new year is right around the corner. I know so many people have been looking forward to 2021 being over It has certainly been a strange couple of years, and I know that this year in particular has been full of challenges for so many people of varying degrees. I don't think that there is anyone listening who hasn't been impacted by the global pandemic in one way or another. I also know that whilst it's been an incredibly challenging year for so many people, it also has been a year where many people have found an invitation or an opportunity in the pause or amongst the chaos of it all and it has provided whether, you know, it's provided either food for thought or perhaps a catalyst for change or just extreme gratitude. Whatever camp you fall into, I just really hope that you and your loved ones are all as well as possible and that you've had an incredible festive season and that the new year is as bright as possible for each and every one of you. I am very grateful to those of you who have chosen to listen to the podcast throughout this year. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. I've said it before and I will keep saying it, but it really is just, I don't know, such a strange honor for people to invite you into your home into their homes via their phone. Even when people click follow on Instagram, you know, it's just a follow. I understand that. But those people who actually engage and you know, listen to stories and all of that stuff, and give feedback, and I don't know. I feel like they're part of the community. It really is a strange but significant honor, I think, to be chosen to be taken into someone's home. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Now, this episode. It's just a solo one. It's just a bit of a chat about the year that was. I'm not going to go back through the whole year month by month because I think it would be incredibly boring because there's not a lot really for me personally to report on. And there are podcasts out there that do a far better job than this podcast on reflecting on you know pop culture and current events and all of that stuff. But I did... I guess want to offer some journaling prompts that you can absolutely use in the traditional sense, such as write these prompts down. Or you don't even need to write them down. You can just listen, pause the podcast, and write your response. Or if you're out and about, maybe you just want to use these prompts as a reflective moment as a, as a chance to just go, hmm, let me sit with that for a minute and see what comes up. You might not have the space and the ability to actually sit down and journal on these prompts and that is totally fine, but just allowing your mind to wander and see what answers pop up for you. I also have a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram, which I will answer those as well. So this year for me, when I think about 2021 and particularly it's been on my mind because I think it was last week or maybe the week before one of our weekly newsletters that I sent out, I asked the question, if you were going to assign a theme to 2021 for yourself personally, what would that theme be? And I just think that's kind of a bit of an abstract, but curious question, you know, what would your theme be? What would the word be that comes up for you when you reflect on this year? And when I reflect on this year, what comes up for me is this has been the year of heartbreaks. It's been like just so many little and big heartbreaks. And I'm really glad that this year has come to an end and I'm really proud that I have made it through. And so when I say it's been a year of heartbreaks, there have absolutely been great moments, but it really has been a year of just, yeah, heartbreaks, as I've said. So at the start of the year, I went through a breakup and I'm sure a lot of you know, you've probably listened to my podcast where I get all upset and I share the story. Um, So that was like the big heartbreak. And I think that breakup for me personally just brought up so much stuff from my divorce, and it was like just this real opportunity to just feel all of this stuff that I didn't realize I was perhaps suppressing because I'm good at, and I think a lot of women are good at just being able to keep moving. You know, sometimes we overfunction and everything's fine and we're grateful for what we've got and we're just gonna push, push, push. And then like something happens and it's like this little crack appears and that crack gets bigger and bigger and you just can't keep all of your stuff in any longer. And so that was the start of the year. And then there have been other little heartbreaks along the way, like moving out of the house that, you know, I designed and drew and I don't know, worked so hard to have having to put that having to sell that and move out of it that was really hard and again you just keep moving forward because when you have kids and you have perspective and you understand in the scheme of things and all of those things you just keep pushing forward but that was hard and it's still hard like I walk past that house pretty much every day and I still find it hard to be like oh like that chapter is over but I also recognize that it's probably a very healthy thing as well. There have been little things along the way that I'm not going to go into this podcast and big things as well, such as finalizing off on all of the divorce stuff because it can be such a exhausting process. And so that was all finalized this year as well. And it's just been a lot. I've also shared really openly that one of my little guys in particular has really struggled this year with a lot of emotional stuff. Um... And so, yeah, he's, he's doing well, and I feel like this has just been the year of little cracks after little cracks after little cracks, but as that saying goes, and as pithy as it is, the cracks do let the light in. And when I think of this year, I am incredibly proud of um, the resilience I think that I didn't realize I had. So that would be my theme of the year. And that's why I wanted to start these journal prompts with asking you that question. If you could assign a theme to the year that was 2021, what would it be for you and why? Next up, what is one thing that has surprised you this year? So as I just mentioned, for me, I think it is the resilience to just keep pushing forward. And again, what other choice do you have? But there is something really um, satisfying about having that self-efficacy to just keep getting up and pushing forward. So for me, I would say resilience has surprised me this year and being able to do things that I haven't done before and learning new skills and yeah, it's there's been I mean, there's been lots of surprises this year, but I'll go with that one. So, when you reflect on that question, what has surprised you this year? Next up. What was the hardest part of the year 2021 for you personally? Now, for everyone, there there's going to be just a real variety of hard You know, for some people, hard is having loved ones really unwell, and that is, of course, incredibly devastating. For other people, hard can be not being able to cross the border to hug a family member. Hard can be having to work from home.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
0: having a baby and not being able to have your people around you. There are so many different degrees of hard. So try not to like measure yours against anyone. Just answer that prompt as honestly as you possibly can. What was the hardest moment for you? And then of course, what did you learn from that hard moment? Did you learn That you are more resilient than perhaps you thought you could be? Did you learn a different way of communicating with loved ones? Just in that struggle, is there something? And it can be really trivial, like super, super trivial. Maybe you learned how to order Uber Eats. (laughs) You know, maybe it's something really, really surface level. But what did you learn during one of the hardest parts of your year? Next up. Who has influenced you the most this year and how? Now, the word influence. I don't want you to just think of influencers online. Sure, that's absolutely fine if that's who comes to mind. Like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know what? So-and-so who I follow online has really provided so much influence to me. That's great. But also think about your actual circle, your real life. Who has influenced you and in what way? Has it been your children encouraging you to be more in the moment or abandon routine? Has it been having your partner home from work and they've really kind of changed, you know, the way that you move through the day? Or has it been someone that you don't know personally, but you really, really look up to? Maybe you have gotten super into a particular author and you've consumed lots of their books. That's another way of being influenced as well. And I'm sure all of you know that saying that we do become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So who has been shaping you this year and in what way? Now, for some of you, you might automatically think of people who have influenced you in a really positive way. And for others, you might be like, oh, you know what? I think I've been negatively impacted by so-and-so. You know, maybe you haven't been able to escape a negative housemate and all of a sudden you realize that you've kind of taken on some of their traits that aren't, you know, normally it's not normally the way that you would show up in the world. But just sort of reflect on that question. I think it's a good one. Who's influenced you? And it could be a fictional character as well. Maybe you got really into a TV show and someone on that show has, you know, shaped you in some way or another this year. And if it is someone in real life that comes to mind, let them know. Life is too short not to let people know. Maybe it's your sister, your mum, your dad, your neighbor, whoever. Just shoot off a quick message of gratitude and let them know that they have positively influenced you this year. I don't think that there is anyone out there who would not feel good about receiving a message like that. Next up, do you have any regrets from this year? Now, when I say do you have regrets, I don't mean is there something that you need to beat yourself up over because I definitely don't believe in that when it comes to regrets. And I also do believe that everything happens for a reason. But in saying that, I also think if we don't pause to hold ourselves accountable and feel if we regret anything, then we're missing an an opportunity to learn you know, I don't have big regrets that I lie awake at night losing sleep over, but I do often think like, oh, I regret acting that way. And what can I learn from that? How can I change, you know, my behavior so that I don't repeat the same thing? And, you know, it's the same with relationships for me personally, like being single now, I don't necessarily have massive, huge regrets from my last relationship, but there are little micro regrets that I certainly think like, oh, you know, I wish I'd handled that differently. And I think that's a lot of value in just reflecting on those. So do you have any regrets from this year? What are they? Are they things that you can actually learn from and shift your trajectory if that situation happens again? Next up, what are some moments from this year that just filled you with joy? They don't need to be big moments. None of us are going on grand holidays right now, but little moments in particular that have filled you with joy. When I think about this, It really is the little things. For me, it's like seeing the kids' soft toys around the house. And that might be a bit niche, but it's always been something that I just love. Like I love how the boys will put their soft toys in like a comfortable position. Like they just take so much care of them. And I just think like one day I'm going to so miss that. And it's so, so cute. Or, you know, little moments that fill me with joy. It's just like sunrise at the beach. Or a friend turning up with open arms. And there's been a lot of that this year for me. But ask yourself, what have been the moments that just, you know, give you that full heart feeling? Last but not least, has this year changed you fundamentally in some way? Now, we all have years where we just kind of coast through. And it's like nothing huge happens. And yeah, of course, we probably change a little bit. You know, we shift a couple of degrees in one way or another, but it's not a huge change. But then we have other years where we have a noticeable change, you know, a noticeable noticeable change such as going through parenthood or getting married or getting divorced or buying a house. These sorts of things, like have you fundamentally changed? Have you lost a loved one? Have you gained a loved one? Um, just is there, is there a noticeable big thing that happened for you? Maybe you lost a job, gained a job, all of these things. Have you fundamentally changed in 2021? And is there one or two things you can point to? Or has it been a year for you where you've just cruised along And you've just changed in little tiny ways. So I hope that those prompts have been helpful for you. Maybe you're out and about on a walk or you're driving along and you can just think on those topics or maybe you are filling them out in a journal. Next up, I have a couple of questions, just shifting gears, a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram, which I thought I would answer now. The first one is, how do you like to reflect and reset for a new year? Do I have any traditions or routines? I don't have, and I think I've answered this before actually in a podcast. I don't have a specific annual tradition like, you know, that on New Year's Eve, I burn my journal or anything like that. I like to reflect. I I enjoy doing things like those questions just then and going, huh, you know, giving a bit of time and energy to just, yeah, looking back over the year. And looking forward as well, I am a vision board gal through and through. I have been since my 20s. It's something I really enjoy having. I really enjoy doing. I have done episodes on this as well. And if you want some vision board inspiration, sign up to thefrae.com, F-R-A-E.com, because I will have you covered in like two weeks. Um, and if you sign up, you're going to have early bird access, but having a vision board for me is a way that I like to, I guess the word manifest can be a bit wanky, but it's just a way that I like to get in touch with how I'm actually feeling and what I'm actually hoping to have in my life. So I would say that a vision board is kind of my tradition or routine, but it's not like I have to do it on the 1st of January. I just like to update it. Next up, tips on how to not be so strict with life, so almost uptight and almost serious all the time. I've heard you talk about this a few times regarding yourself and having to loosen up a bit. Okay, I think, and it may be an unpopular opinion, actually, it's not. It's not an unpopular opinion. Every mum out there will be like, yes, I fucking feel this. I think parenting sometimes makes women more uptight than ever because it's like we go through this massive change. We lose control in so many ways, so many other areas of our life, and all of a sudden we do become like the keeper and the taskmaster and the one in charge. And whilst there is so much love and nurturing in motherhood, it can also harden us quite a lot because we have to become tough. We have to be able to do the hard things and push through And I think for me in particular, having not in particular, because it's absolutely the same whether you have however many kids you have, but having two newborns was such a baptism of fire that it's like parts of me just had to check out because there was no space. There was no space for fun when you were on a three hour feeding schedule and a three feed course per child and both babies have colic and trying to start a business and all of these things, it's like fun is just one of the first things that falls off the totem pole. And that's not unique to people who have kids. I think as women get older and we go through life, there is less less space and less celebration and conversation and awareness on the importance of fun and enjoyment for us. I've spoken about this before, but a couple of years ago, I sent a text message to all of the men in my phone. Um, and I said, hey, what do you do for fun? And I swear to you, every man wrote back a multitude of things like beers with the boys, jet skiing, um, pretty sure one of them said porn, like just sports, like they just rattled off all of the stuff that they do, which is sheer enjoyment for them. Now, I asked the women as well. And I shit you not, most women replied with a form of self-care, such as like getting a haircut or having a bath, um, or like going on a holiday. And that's not really something that you can do every day, like the going on a holiday thing. Whereas it seemed like men kind of had more of a grip on how to have fun realistically in their everyday life. And that has stuck with me. I also, um, I think... In the past, for me, having been surrounded by more uptight people, it wound me up as well. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But in the last couple of years, sometimes you don't realize something until you're out of it, is is all I'll say on that topic. But in the last couple of years, just having space to be like, huh, like I didn't realize I had all this pressure on my shoulders until it was actually removed from me. And it's like, ah. you know, I actually don't need to be perfect at all. I can just be. So that is a very long winded (laughs) response (laughs) triggering question. Um, But how to not be so strict with life? Honestly, I think that you just have to allow things to slide sometimes. Like you can't have the perfect routine all of the time. You've got to allow yourself to access your silly side. And this is where I think it's important to consume light content. You know, I love personal growth and development, but you also have to laugh, read a book that makes you laugh, put songs on that make you, you know, that you just enjoy. Who cares if they're like, I was gonna say cool, but even that sounds daggy, but like cool and daggy, could I sound any more like a mum? But just music that you enjoy, regardless of what genre it is, that can be really helpful as well. And just as shitty as it sounds, sometimes you have to plan for fun. You actually have to schedule it in and be like, you know what? Every third weekend, I'm going to see my friends and I'm going to go and enjoy myself. I also think being in your body a bit more helps. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we have that tough armor on, our body gets tense as well. So if you're in your body more through meditation, through breathworks, through dance, through exercise, like exercise is my in, that can just help as well. Because if you change your physical state, if you change your heart rate, if you just feel into the body that you live in, you kind of, I find you can soften a little bit. I don't know if that's helpful. Hopefully. I think it's just giving yourself permission to not be perfect because none of us are laugh Do things that you enjoy. And if you can't think of things that you enjoy, then do an experiment on yourself and just start trying, you know, cast your mind back to things that you enjoyed when you were a kid and maybe make a list and just start there. Next up, feel very aware of my PMS taking over the week before my period. Any tips that you do to help combat this? I completely understand. And that is why I call it hell week. My hell week starts 10 days before my period is due and it's like clockwork. I don't even need to look at my app. Um, I do just to confirm that I'm not actually going insane. But for me, it's like 10 days before my period, everything just gets that bit harder. I do think I have managed to make improvements on my PMDD, which I have spoken about before in a past episode because I can get quite dark and it's scary. It's a it can be really scary if you're not aware of it. I think it's incredible that you are now as you've said feeling very aware of PMS taking over. That is the first thing because if you don't have that awareness, you can actually think that you're starting to go a bit crazy and it's almost like you're gaslighting yourself. But we are moving targets. It's so important for people to understand, and I say people because men need to understand this just as much as women need to understand. Men get the same hormones every 24 hours. And those hormones, they line up with a 24-hour day cycle. You know, they get a nice fresh dump of, um, what's the word, testosterone in the morning that fires them up, they're ready to go. And then their like dips, their peaks and troughs with their hormones throughout the day line up with a standard 24-hour day. Whereas, Us women folk, we are on a 28-day cycle. We don't get the same hormones every 24 hours. We just don't. We are not the same people that we were last week because we're working with different physiology. And there are so many more experts out there that have a far better understanding. My understanding is very surface level. Um, So definitely explore that perhaps with a specialist. You may find medication helpful. I know I have found that helpful. Um, Other things, magnesium is... And again, you've got to go and speak to a healthcare provider. But for me personally... I double my magnesium the fortnight or like 10 days before my period. Um, and that, that seems to help as well. But I do think awareness and just modifying your schedule, taking pressure off where possible. So maybe it means that you just, you're not super social that time. You give yourself more food because you just need it as well. Um, I, hope, I hope that's helpful. Maybe explore it with your doctor because if you do get really dark, you may want to look into PMDD. Um, It's far more serious than PMS. All right. Tips for small businesses or brands to work with people like you slash influencers. I mean, any business nowadays has to be working with people on social media or have a social media following themselves, I think. I think that's probably a broad statement. But a small business. So say you are starting out a clothing company, You're probably going to see more bang for buck if you gift someone a t-shirt and they talk about it on their stories versus putting any other money into different forms of marketing. We all live, you know, sort of in three social media apps. So if you have a small business, it can be a great idea to reach out to influencers I think if you're starting out, it's a great idea to reach out to micro-influencers, people with a smaller following who may be willing to give you exposure um, in exchange for products. Just have a little bit of a think about what you're comfortable with. I think this is the big one because I have had the experience where people will gift you something and say, this is a gift, but then if you don't post about it... they can come at you quite upset and it's like, hey, you didn't say to me these are the terms or sometimes people will not even ask if you want something. Like I've had things just arrive at my post office box and it's so lovely. Like it is lovely, but there also is that for me, I find there is an understanding that people are often giving me something because they want something in return and if it's something that you don't necessarily want and then you feel obligated it can be really uncomfortable and so I would just say to any small business or any brand out there if you are wanting to work with influencers have a little think about what you're comfortable with because there's no wrong or right way to start trying to work with people There really isn't, I don't think, you know, some people will offer to pay, some people won't pay, some people, um, if they are paying, they want it to be really authentic so they won't give you a script or deliverables. Then other people will be like, hey, we've paid, this is exactly what we want you to say and we want to see three different versions and this is exactly how the photo has to look um, or the stories or whatever it is. But any small business or brand, I think the first thing is to think about what you're comfortable with. And what aligns with you as a business and a brand? And that probably comes back to you having your own sort of brand Bible. Like, is it really important for your ethos of your brand that if you're working with someone, they, they are super, super aligned with you? Or do you just want mass reach? Do you have a budget for working with people? You know, there are people out there who charge an absolute fortune for an Instagram post and Instagram stories. But sometimes they really return, you know, you might pay someone whatever the fee is and then you see that money come straight back into your business instantly or you see the followers coming instantly. So just have a little think of what feels right for you, what's your budget. I think if you're a small business, start reaching out to micro-influencers, um, And just be transparent in saying, hey, we've reached out to you for this reason. We have this product. Would you be interested in receiving it? If you love it, we would love it if you put it on your stories or or whatever it might be. Um, But yeah, reaching out. I also think with micro-influencers, so when I say micro, it just means that they have a slightly smaller audience. Um, You can probably just get in touch with them via DM. If someone has a much bigger audience, they will likely have an email button or maybe an agency as well that you can speak with. So yeah, I think first and foremost, just ask yourself, what are you willing to try? And what are you comfortable with? And I will say, when I started the Kind Parenting Company, I worked with a couple of influencers and paid a ridiculous amount for one in particular, but it was such a good investment. And this was you know, five years ago, maybe four years ago, I think. And it was a different time. There was just such a higher level of engagement and a higher level of conversion. And so influencer marketing is such a powerful tool. But when you're just starting out, have a little bit of a think about, yeah, as I said a thousand times, it's just about what you're comfortable with, because I would hate for any small business to feel taken advantage of. And there are times with influencer marketing where it just literally is trying. Like you just don't know, because there are people that have gigantic audiences but then they get no return and then there are people with a really small but super engaged super niche following and they respond very quickly so it is a bit of just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks next up are you hopeful for Feb love heart eyes so apparently I'm gonna be like (laughs) things are gonna kick off with someone and it's gonna be long term in Feb am I hopeful I'm hopeful every day like literally every day, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what will happen today. So yes, of course. Next up, would I consider hiring sleep consultants that could do in-home consults with the KPC? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would consider that. That's actually how the whole online kind parenting company began. Um, I was so flat out doing in-home consultations that I wanted to bring other people on and kind of franchise it and have consultants work with me and when I went to work with a business coach and that was my plan that's what I wanted to happen i was like i could definitely get three or four more mums and you know i could have one in brisbane and one on the sunny coast and one in byron and we could all work together But when I went and saw a business coach, he was like, no, you need to take it online. He was like, look at the demand that you're having. Look at the results that you've got. People are swearing by what you're doing. He's like, you have to take this online. And that's what we did. And I was really apprehensive at first. I had all sorts of things come up about moving online. Um, And it was just really like a big swing. It was just a swing and it, it went really, really well. So yes, I would absolutely consider it. And next year, 2022, I definitely have a lot of um, a lot of goals for the Kind Parenting Company. You know, there was a time there over the last couple of years where I didn't have full ownership of it. And now I do, which is really, really exciting. So for the last couple of months, our focus has been on the fray, getting, you know, everything super streamlined with the podcast and also launching the new fray website. But the Kind Parenting Company is always on our mind. Jordan, who works with me, is absolutely incredible. And we've got a clear vision for the KPC. So if you're not listening to the KPC podcast, if you're not following us, make sure that you jump over and get involved. Um, If you're listening to this in real time as well, we have a Boxing Day sale on right now. Details will be in the show notes or you can find out over on Instagram. But we have a half off sale happening right now. All right. All right. I hope that this mixed bag of an episode has been helpful for someone out there. I hope that you've enjoyed the journal prompts. If you are looking to learn how to journal, go to thefrae.com, F-R-A-E dot right now. Put your email address in because very soon, like in the first two weeks of January, those of you who do sign up are going to get an invitation to receive something before anyone else. And I'm really proud, like I'm very, very proud of what we have on offer for the fray.com. Because this year for me, as I said, has been a year of heartbreaks, there have also been so many opportunities and invitations to look at things. And the things that have been on my mind really are the pillars of identity, what we use to hook our self-identity onto and why, also our belief systems also the narrative like the story that we kind of tell ourselves and that internal dialogue and so those things have been bubbling away on my mind and I've created something that I'm very very proud of and I think a lot of you if you like the podcast and you like personal growth and self-development are going to really like this tool that we have available. So again, go to thefray.com, put your email address in because if you don't, you will miss the early access um, and there are going to be a, cool, a few cool things that come along with that access as well. All right, I hope, I hope, I hope, hope you've had an incredible Christmas and I really, again, I'm so grateful to you for choosing to listen to the podcast and I can't wait to speak more with you. Next week's episode is going to be all about how to use your love language on yourself. So stay tuned for that episode, and I'll talk with you soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set free. Oh, you good?